chimes of time ring out the news another day is through
All right, now God's people said amen. 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 Thank you for being here this morning. Let me say welcome to you again. So great to be in God's house and to worship Him and uh, certainly give Him glory. I know that uh, our nation has uh, been struggling for months now through this virus, but um, I thank God that He is in control and that He is our Savior, and so for all those things, we can be thankful. I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles this morning, if you would, to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, over the next few weeks, I hope to preach a series of messages about, uh, about thankfulness. You know, it's certainly the season that we think about being thankful. We ought to be thankful all the time, but thankful for certain things. One of those messages is thankful about the grace of God. I hope that every one of you here this morning is Thankful that God is a God of grace, that He is willing to love and accept and forgive us through His grace, and so we're thankful for that. Uh, also, we'll focus on the thankfulness because of God's greatness. God is a, an awesome, great God, and so we can certainly be thankful for that. But this morning, I want us to focus on being thankful for God's guidance, that God directs our our way. Before we begin this morning, I want to ask if you would to bow with me and let's pray this morning. Father, we are so thankful today for life and for uh, your love and your mercies that you show us that are fresh and new every day. Thank you for the joy of singing. To be able to praise you through song, Lord, is a way that we can lift up our very praise to you that we can be affected by our worship because our worship is of you. Lord, I pray this morning as we spend time in your word that we'll continue in that worship as well. That your word would touch our hearts, that it would nourish our hungry souls, that it would be uh, the thing that quenches our, our thirsty hearts this morning. Father, I just pray that we'll open our hearts to you today, that we'll be open and not resistant to your word. Father, I just pray that you'll encourage us in all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as we certainly think about God's guidance in our life, uh, we, uh, it's really indispensable for our life, God's guidance is, if we consider it, because life is kind of complicated, isn't it? Would you guys agree with me about that, that? Sometimes our lives and relationships with each other can get kind of complex or complicated. Uh, the weight of our problems can get to be burdensome in our lives. Uh, we can get uh, confused or we can become uh, kind, kind of lost in life from time to time. And we certainly need guidance because of the comp complexity of life. Sometimes it's dangerous. Uh, we uh, become frustrated in life, and what we're looking for is to be fulfilled. Uh, I love what Charles Stanley once said about life. He said, "Life's like walking through a minefield," uh, and it certainly is. We have to be careful where we step, don't we? Sometimes with our lives, or we're in danger of, of being hurt, and so we need God to help us to navigate through these difficult times and these struggles that we live. Our nation as a whole, our world needs God's guidance in. Our lives. God never wants us to be afraid uh, in walking through life. He says, the scripture says, For 
I, the Lord, am your God and will hold your right hand saying to you, fear not for I am with you. Isn't that a kind of a comforting thought that uh, Scripture tells us that God is holding our right hand and He's walking through life with us and we don't need to be afraid because He will help us in life. And so how does He do that? So often it's in how He how He directs us through life. And so it's important that we really understand that. Follow along with me, if you would, in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 2. I want to read a few verses for you, beginning at verse 12. And then we'll look at this thing about God's guidance. It says, uh, Furthermore, when I came to you, uh, when I came to Troas as to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened to me by the Lord... I had no rest in my spirit because I did not find Titus, my brother. But taking my leave, uh, then I came to Macedonia. Now, thanks be unto God always, <coughs> who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one we are aroma of death leading to death, and to the other the aroma of life leading to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not so many peddling the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as from God we speak in the sight of God in Christ. Paul reminds us of of one thing. Uh, Well, several things, but one thing in particular is that God is, is leading us. And he's always leading or guiding us in triumph, in victory, in overcoming in life. Sometimes we forget that and we find ourselves walking in defeat. It's not our fault. I mean, it's not God's fault uh, that sometimes we choose to walk in discouragement, defeat. Uh, but we've gotten away from God's guidance. If we were honest and we find our times, uh, find our, ourselves in times where uh, we're just not enjoying life or we're not enjoying the victory that we have in Jesus Christ or we're struggling in life in general, uh, there's probably a place where we can look backward and see a time where we stop letting God guide us or we started following in our own direction or guiding ourselves through life. And so uh, that's the importance of his leadership in our lives. First of all, if you look with me at this passage, let me just share some things with you about it. Uh, as we begin to look at it, first of all, there's the promise of his guidance. God says he'll do it. Uh, he says in verse 14, uh, Now thanks be to God whom always, who always leads us in triumph in Christ. So there's the promise of God's leadership or God's guidance in life. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, a couple of verses in the Bible is in, in Proverbs chapter 3. Uh, and uh, Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not in your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So it's an affirmation in the word of God that if we put our trust in the Lord, then he'll guide us. Uh, and if we'll lean in on his understandings, on his teaching, on his principles, on his revelation of his word, that we'll find out that he'll guide us in life. That the complex issues that we face in life are answered in the word of God. And if we'll trust in the Word of God and seek Him out in His Word, that He'll, uh, that we'll, we'll find direction for life. Another verse of Scripture also that really enjoys uh, Psalms 37, 
Uh, verse 23, it says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Hear that. The steps of, the, of a good man are ordered by the Lord. In other words, that he guides someone who is seeking him. That he guides a heart that's open to his leadership. And there's that, that promise of leading. In the New Testament, Jesus went on to encourage his disciples. He was about to be crucified. Uh, he'd be buried third day. He would be raised from the dead, then ascend into heaven. And so he was looking to leave some comfort for the disciples. Can you imagine? Uh, he, he looked at them and he said, these guys are going to be a little bit distressed. They're going to see some things that are going to happen to me that's going to be disheartening for them. They're not going to understand it fully, even though I've told them straightforward what's going to happen. They're still not going to understand it, and so they're going to be confused. So I'm going to give them some information now before all this happens so that when that time comes, that they'll remember and that they'll be able to navigate these next months, years, lifetime of their ministry ahead. And he gives that to him in John chapter 16. And in John chapter 16, he says this about the Holy Spirit. He says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will, and he will tell you things to come. So Jesus was encouraging the disciples about what the Holy Spirit would do, about how he would minister in their lives in the future about how he would be the one that would explain things or make things understandable, that he would be their guide through life. Listen, that same Holy Spirit has been doing that same ministry for well over 2,000 years now to every child of God. And all we need is an open heart and and a willing desire to want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the problem for us, you and I being guided isn't because the resources aren't there. It isn't because the, the things that we need aren't there. It's often that we're just not willing to take advantage of those resources. His Word, His Spirit. And so he begins to think about that. As a matter of, in, in chapter 2 of 2 Corinthians, listen to what Paul says. He, in verse 12, he's talking about a time in his life when he really needed leadership and he really needed guidance. And, and God stepped up and uh, showed Paul something significant that would change his ministry and change his life. You'll find that back. If you want to hold your hand here in, in chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, turn with me back to Acts chapter 16. It's in Acts chapter 16, Paul is in Philippi. Uh, or excuse me, he's uh, in uh, Macedonia. Well, he's really in Asia, Asia Minor, and he gets this word from the Lord. And in this word that he gets from the Lord, it's instruction. And he's referencing that time in his life here in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. In other words, he has this flashback to this time in his life when God uh, gave him some guidance. And so he's thinking about it as he makes reference to it. And and here's the time. Uh, Look with me in... um, uh, Acts 16, beginning of verse 6. And it says, And now when he had gone through Phrygia uh, and the region of Galatia, and, and they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After that, uh, after they had come to uh, Mysia, 
they tried to, to go into Bithynia, and the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. What Paul's reflecting on here is that there was this time in his life when God spoke to him. He was going in one direction. Paul had every intent to go into Asia, continue the ministry in Asia. But all of a sudden, God sent him direction. And God told Paul, don't go to Asia, but go to Macedonia. Uh, go and, 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 and go west instead of east. And, and Paul changed directions in his life. How many times has God maybe spoken to you about the direction of your life? And he says, listen, you're going east and I really need you to go west. Or you're going north and I really need you to go south. And so uh, all of a sudden you got that message from God and it just really changed the direction of your life. Well, that's what Paul's talking about in this passage of Scripture. He's remembering a time when he needed some direction and when God gave him direction. Maybe you're here this morning and uh, in particular this is a time in your life when you really feel like that you need some direction from God. I mean, things are happening in your life. You're feeling a certain way emotionally or uh, you're uneasy or you're not happy or, or you, you know, you're just struggling a little bit in your relationship, uh, not only with God, but maybe the people around you. And you just really feel like that you, you need some direction from God. Listen, he's there. As a matter of fact, in a sense, he's got your right hand <laughs> and he's walking through this with you and he will lead you and he'll guide you through this thing. Look at some of the things in verse 12 that, that Paul tells us about this, this idea of the promised guidance of the Lord. First of all, it has purpose. It, it's, it's got a purpose. God wants to lead us uh, and he wants to lead us with purpose in our life. He says, when I came to Troas, what to preach Christ's gospel. What did that direction do in Paul's life? It changed his direction, where he was going, but he, he kept the purpose of what God had called him to, to continue to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. When God leads you and I today, and when he directs our lives, he, he always does it because of the purpose that he wants to fulfill in our lives. In other words, every one of us here this morning, God wants to do something important with us. Something significant in our lives. Some, something that only you and I can do. And that's the very design that he has for us today. Purpose. Purpose. When God saved you, you did it for a reason. And so he has purpose for us. And he wants to lead us to that purpose. God has a plan for us and to guide us. And it's up to you and I to find that out and follow him. Another thing that he reminds us of also is the possibilities that, uh, uh, that, that are connected with Him guiding our lives. Uh, you know, I, I don't know about you, but, but um, uh, in my own life, uh, uh, I've, uh, I've thought up some pretty crazy things to do in life. Uh, some uh, things that I, I look back now and I, I wonder why in the world was I thinking like that or why, why, were, why was I even going in that direction. And, and, but let me tell you, as creative as you and I can get, we can't even come close to what God wants to do with our lives. The possibilities that God has for us are, are just wonderful and are infinite. If we'll follow him in those possibilities. He goes on to say it, Paul does. And he says, and a door was open to me. 
Uh, you see, God opens doors in our lives. And, and He opens those doors because they become opportunities for you and I uh, to, to serve Him. And let me tell you, the opportunities and the possibilities that God opens are absolutely amazing. Sometimes they're almost unbelievable. I think about my, my life and some of the doors that God's opened for me in the ministry, and I'm thinking, I could have never dreamed that anything like this would have ever happened or could have been possible. And so if we'll follow God, then the possibilities are limitless because God is limitless. The possibilities are uplifting because God is uplifting. The possibilities are beyond our understanding because that's the way God is. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians in chapter 1, he talks about the very, that very thing about possibilities. He said, eyes not seen nor ears heard, nor, in, nor has entered in the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. When you think about that, you and I can't even imagine the possibilities of what God has for us because He loves us and because we love Him, we're willing to follow Him. So there's possibilities in God's promise of guidance. Another thing also, that it it becomes personal. Uh, Paul says that uh, a door was opened to me by the Lord. God personally gets involved in our lives. That He's not a distant God or He's not uh, someone who stands far away and directs traffic from a distance. The Bible says Jesus came to us. That He came to seek and to save those that were lost. You and I were those that were lost. Jesus came in a personal way. To meet us in our needs. Scripture says, but God demonstrated His own love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see, God made this thing personal between you and I and He. And so, because it's personal, He has a vested interest in leading us in the right direction. And then finally, in this idea of promise, there's also, along with that, and and along with God guiding us, is that sometimes it requires some pressure. (laughs) We're not always cooperative in a sense, are we? Maybe you are. Let me just speak for me. I'm not always cooperative in a sense. Um... He says in verse 13, I had no rest in my spirit. When Paul was thinking about this time that God was moving, changing the direction of his life, do you know what the the scripture says? That that it was was a a time when Paul was, was unsettled. Okay. It was a time when Paul was was conflicted. Do I go here? Do I go here? Have you ever had those times in your life? Just those times when, when you're unsettled in your spirit, when there's uh, uh, conflicting messages in your life, when you're uncertain about something, when uh, there's those nagging thoughts and nagging desires in your life. And so often, listen, when we have those times, it's God urging us along. It's God pulling us along in the way. Uh, to uh, follow Him. 
is that still small voice in, in, our, in our life that's speaking to us about what we need to do. And Paul understood what that was. Sometimes God applies the pressure in our life to, to move us in the right direction. So we can get a little bit stubborn in our ways, and God has to sometimes push us out of our comfort zone in the right direction. And so what does he do? He applies the pressure, the pressure in our lives. Sometimes that comes through circumstances. It's those things that are happening around us right, that sometimes bring us to a place where we're ready to open our minds and hearts to God. It may be that God has to break us. Sometimes He does that through outward things. Uh, we, we, we get so complacent and so asleep in our relationship with Him that sometimes really He has to, he has to wake us up. It's a passage of Scripture in Hebrews where it talks about a shaking, that, that there'll be a time when God will shake things up and the things that are not important will fall away. And the things that are valuable or important will stay. It's uh, God sometimes shaking us. You know, I found out that sometimes the, the best things have to be shaken. <laughs> You ever had an upset stomach and you picked up a bottle of Pepto-Bismol? What does it say? It says, shake well before using. You know, that's what God does. He shakes us up sometimes before he, before he can use us. So we'll be effective for Him. And so sometimes He applies the pressure, but He always promises to guide us in life. Let me give you a, another thought as well. Not only is that promise uh, of God guiding us, but also, there's the understanding of, of, of the power of His guidance. It's a powerful thing when God begins to show us where He wants us to go, how He wants to use us. Paul often used personal things to express truths in his teaching or his in writings in the Bible. You know, uh, Paul must have been a real sports kind of guy because he used a lot of sports analogies as he writes. One of those sports analogies that he uses is, is uh, of a boxer. Uh, he talks about beating against the air. <laughs> uh, he, uh, he was into sports. And another one that he used that I really love is in Hebrews chapter 12 when he talked about a race. And he says that we're in this race, and this race that we're in is a marathon. It's not uh, just a sprint, but it's a marathon. But here, in this particular passage, he used military terms as well in Ephesians chapter 6. We talked about the armor of God. But here he's describing something that he knew about, maybe had even seen, I don't know, but certainly had knowledge of. And that was a Roman conquest parade. So Paul was reflecting in his mind about this great event that the Roman Empire used to celebrate for its great generals that had a great victory or great conquest. And so in verse 14, he's talking about being led uh, by Christ in triumph. And Paul must have had in his mind one of these scenes that he saw about how these conquering generals, when they would come back to Rome after their victories, would be celebrated. And they would be celebrated with a parade. And in that parade, there would be all sorts of things that would happen. There'd be musicians, there'd be singers, 
Uh, there would be all kinds of things. There would be spoils from the victory of these foreign lands. There would be slaves that would be taken and they would be chained to the chariot that would be following behind the, the, the general who'd won the victory. Now these victories would only be celebrated when an enemy was defeated and significant amount of territory was added to the empire. And when Paul saw all these things, you know, the, the symbolism of these things are, are significant because he uses it in relationship to Jesus Christ. He says in verse 14, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. So Paul's seeing this very thing happening. He's, he's remembering that in these parades that there was always a surrender. <clears throat> Those nations surrendered to the power of Rome. Paul's seeing this in the light of Jesus Christ and our relationship to Him. And, and the thought is that you and I should be surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. That if we're not surrendered to Him, we will not take direction from Him. The question we need to ask ourselves, are we surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ? Now these parades would only be uh, celebrated unless there was an absolute conquest. It was total defeat, total subjection. I believe what Paul's thinking about here is that very same thing in our relationship to Jesus Christ. Are we fully surrendered to Him? Is there anything about our life, our thoughts, our motives, our attitudes that are in rebellion against Jesus Christ? Because if there is, then then we're not going to follow Him. You see, these that we're following in this celebration were those that were absolutely surrendered. Another thing about this is, is our salvation. I think Paul saw our salvation. That we're following the Lord Jesus Christ. He says He always leads us in triumph. Here, here's a celebration of a defeated enemy. Our, our salvation is all about our enemy being defeated. Oh, oh, death, where's your sting? Oh, grave, where's your victory? We're victorious in Jesus Christ. And if we'll follow Him, we'll walk in that victory. And we can celebrate our salvation and and really live it to the fullest. Well, there's not only the idea of that as well, but I think also in this passage there's the idea of His sovereignty. That, That God is, He's Lord. That, that this, you know, in this celebration, it was always because new territory was added to the, to the empire. Well, let me tell you, when, in Jesus Christ, the Bible says that all things are made new. If anyone is in Christ Jesus, they're a new creation. Behold, all things have become new. We, we're, we're being renewed in our mind. Paul says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That, that's where the, the absolute sovereignty of God. In other words, we look to Him for our direction. We trust Him for our direction. We, we follow His leadership. He sets our priorities. Can you say amen? Thank you. 
<clears throat> he sets our priorities. And, and Paul saw all these things. And he said, if we'll only acknowledge those, if we'll only realize those, our surrender, our salvation, that God is in control, and then begin to follow Him. You know, we have to trust in that way to follow Him. And that's the power of, God, of His guidance for us. But then finally, let me just close this last thought. That, that's the purpose of His guidance. Why does he want to guide us? Well, one of the things that I know is that he wants to make himself known. That for you and I to follow him, and as we follow him, do you, do you know what we're doing? We're making him known to the world today. Listen to what Paul says at the end of verse 14. He says, And through us, that's you and I, believers, diffuses spreads okay, the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Paul says, here's the, here's the picture. Jesus is in front. We're following the Lord Jesus Christ. He's Lord of our lives. We're, we're, we're surrendered to him. We're looking to him for our priorities and our guidance. And all of a sudden, we're just living our lives as a husband, as a wife, as a, as a child, as a parent. Uh, as a worker, whatever we're doing, we're just looking, we're following the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, doing our thing, following Him. And you know what happens? That, that everywhere we go, people are looking at that relationship. And, and it's screaming Jesus Christ. They're looking at someone who they, they don't understand. Paul compares it to a fragrance. And I want to say fragrance and not odor. A fragrance. Because it, it, when, when we're sharing the Lord Jesus Christ in that way, it's something sweet and special. And so Paul says for you and I to follow Him, and as, or as we follow Him, that we're making a statement to the world that makes Christ Jesus known. Now, sometimes we get twisted up in knots thinking, how am I going to witness for Jesus Christ? How, how can I be a testimony of Him in this world today? Let, let me give you one way. Follow Him. Follow Him. And you'll be that witness. You will make Him known. And let me tell you, in the world that we're living at today, we can really make him known. And then the second thing about the purpose is not only to make him known, but to magnify his name. He says in verse 15 and 16, For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. In other words, what Paul is saying here is, is if we follow Christ, we, we have an effect on Christians and, and non-Christians. That following Jesus Christ affects believers as well as it does non-believers. Have you ever thought about that? That how you follow Christ can be an encouragement to your brothers and sisters in Christ. 
It, it can be a thing that happens in their lives. Maybe they're kind of discouraged today and they're wondering whether or not this Christian thing is working out for them. And they see you following the Lord Jesus Christ and all of a sudden it becomes an encouragement for them. Over and over in Paul's writings, whether he was in prison or whether he was, he was, was being driven out of a, a city or somewhere, uh, all those things he reflected on as a way to encourage other believers so they become bold. Somebody may be looking at your life as you're following Jesus Christ, and because of that, they're getting more bold in their, in, in their walk with Jesus Christ as well. But he goes on and says it also impacts unbelievers. Here's what he says in verse 16. To the one we are the aroma of death leading to death. Who's he talking about? He's talking about unbelievers. When an unbeliever sees a believer following the Lord Jesus Christ, you know what it is? It's a reminder that they don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It reminds them of what Paul says, that they're dead in their trespasses and sins. So your following Jesus Christ becomes a testimony to a lost world that they need Jesus Christ. That they, that they need to know Him. He, he goes on, and, and, and to the other, the aroma of life leading to life. And that, here it is again to the believer. It says to, to one who, who, are, who are lost, separated from Christ, your following Jesus Christ reminds them of the connection that you have to Jesus Christ. What that connection brings, eternal life. How they see you handling yourself when it comes to Jesus Christ reminds them that they need life also. And into the believer it becomes an encouragement, something that's sweet and encouragement to them. And then he asks the question, he says, and, and who is sufficient for these things? In other words... Who can do this? It's the believer who follows Jesus Christ. That's who can do that. And so all of a sudden we see the great deep desire that God has to guide you and I in our life. The real question, it always comes back, doesn't it, to Am I willing? Am I doing? Am I following the Lord Jesus Christ? It's always a personal thing that demands a personal decision. Christ promises to guide us always in victory, always in triumph. Always for a purpose. But that decision is for you and I to yield, to surrender, to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Bow with me this morning and let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you today for your unquestionable love and mercy. Thank you that you are always faithful and trustworthy. 
that your promise to guide us is, is a certain and a sure promise. That in your guiding, we find great power and great purpose. So Lord, I just pray this morning that you'll help each one of us to really take a deep look at who or what we're following today. So many distractions in this world today. So many things calling out for us to come here, come there, follow this or follow that. Sometimes it's our our own self that we find ourselves wanting to be up front leading. But Lord, it has to be you. You have to be the one who leads us for us to be led in victory and triumph. So Lord, I pray this morning that as we as we think about your word that we would Lord, just be challenged by it this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand this morning as we stand.